0: Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to come before you, Lord, to gather together with my brothers and sisters, Lord, to come into your holy sanctuary. Lord, we ask we ask that you would speak to us today. Lord God, we ask that you would reveal yourself to us. We ask, Lord God, that you would quiet our hearts so that we might have an opportunity to hear you speak. Lord God, give me your words to share with your people. Give us a common heart and a mind, Lord, that desires to pursue you. Lord, we pray that you would draw us powerfully into your presence now. That your Holy Spirit would fall upon us afresh. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It is so great to see you all today. Now, if you were ordering something online and you had the choice between getting that item in six to eight weeks or a second day error, what would you prefer? It depends on the item. Depends on the item. Okay, well, you guys are tricky. <laughs> tricky, I'll always leave. Are you lawyers or something? No, just parents. Just parents, that's right. Just parents. Okay, all right, all right. Um, okay, if you need help, do you want it now or later? Why? Like if your leg falls off or something, do you want, and you call 911, when do you want them to arrive? Why? Yeah. 30, yeah. 30 minutes, that's right. You need help, yeah, you want help and you want it immediately, absolutely, that is what we want. When we're, especially in a bad way, we want help right away, right? And uh, we, our hearts yearn for that when we're in need, right? And so uh, our family subscribes to this, like, uh, helicopter evacuation service thing, you guys ever heard about that, right? Because I end up way out in the woods a lot on my own. And so they thought it would be a good idea if we did this, you know, so that if I did have to get out, I didn't have to come out by mule, right? Because when you want help, when you need help, when it's an emergency, you want it now. You want it right away. And that immediacy is present in our Old Testament passage that we have from Isaiah, right? The idea of God showing up right now is central to that passage, Isaiah prays to God, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Is that a gentle entry? Is that kind of like a sidling on in kind of entry? No, that is violent, powerful, immediate coming into this world. And Isaiah is praying that God would do that. But that intervening, that powerful entry is not easy on everything. Right When God shows up in his power and in his glory, it is not necessarily an easy entry. Uh, it says, So that the mountains would quake at your presence, and as when fire kindles brushwood, we're aware of that around here, right? Fire kindling brushwood, right? The power, the intensity of it, the, the unstoppable nature of it, of fire. Um, and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries. So that the nations might tremble at your presence. Now the reason for this, the reason that Isaiah is asking for God's intervention is that so that the nations would know who you are. So the nations would be made, so that your name would be no, made known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. The purpose of Isaiah's request is so that the other nations would be aware of who the God of Israel is. That he is a God of power, a God of might, a God who intervenes, a God who cares for his people, a God who is present, a God who answers prayers. That was the purpose. And that hopefully through that understanding of who God is, that those nations as well would worship God and trust him too and respect him. Isaiah then makes a little turn in his in his um, writing. He looks back and he says, remember, remember how it was. Remember how it was, God, when you acted in the past. He says, when you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down the mountains, quaked at your presence. Now, this is kind of a quirky passage, right? Because Isaiah is saying that God acted in the past in ways that his people did not expect. Right, He surprised them. He's not always predictable. If any of you experience that to be true, yeah. God is not always predictable. He's not just an if A, then B kind of thing with God. Uh, it's kind of like that old Monty Python skit with the Spanish Inquisition. Do you guys remember that one? Yes. Yeah, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition, right? That's right. They, they like burst into people's houses with that line. And then what do they do? Do you guys remember what they bring out one time? The comfy chair, you know, because nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition to bring out the comfy chair with the fluffy pillow, right? It's uh, you guys didn't get this into it as I did, but <laughs> go back, YouTube it immediately, right? It's funny. It's funny. But it's people that it takes on that idea of no one expecting what's going on. And that's what God did. He intervened in Israel's life in a way that they didn't expect. They didn't see it coming. They didn't plan on God doing it that, that way. He surprised them. Then Isaiah speaks of who God is, his character. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. Right? No other God does that. There is no other God. God is the only one who works for those who wait for him, who cares for them. And then he continues. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. This is the hope of God. He is unique. He is powerful. He is faithful. He answers prayers. He shows up. He cares for his people. He remembers covenants. And he meets those who do right and who remember him. This sounds really great, right? Yes, then why does Isaiah, thank you. <laughs> then why does Isaiah in the next sentence begin with a but? <laughs> God's nature presents a problem. Presents a problem for Isaiah and for his people. He says, but you were angry. And we sinned because you hid yourself. We transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. Think about that. Our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There's no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Here's the heart of the matter. Isaiah wants God to come down and reveal himself in power to the other nations to come and deliver his people, Israel, to intervene in their lives. The rub is that Israel has become just like the other nations. And so when God comes down to judge the other nations for their unrighteousness. What's the collateral? Israel. They as well will be judged. Because they are just the same. Israel had become just like them. Sinning, forgetting God Blown away by the wind of their sin. Israel had been called, like Psalm 1, to be like a tree planted besides the springs of water. Right? A tree that was constantly rooted and nourished and cared for. A tree which leaves remained strong and and supple. But Israel had disconnected themselves from the branch. Of God. And they were just like the leaves we see on the ground. A fading glory. Prepared to be blown away by the next wind. And those dry leaves, when the fire comes, what will happen? They'll be consumed. That's what Israel had become. They had gone from being a nation that was supposed to be a light to the world to becoming like dry leaves ready to be raked up and tossed out blown by the wind of their sin. So where does that leave Isaiah and his people? Well, it leaves them at the foot of God. It says, yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Don't remember our sins forever. Now consider, we are all your people. He and the nation and indeed the entire world must fall on the grace of God. He is their God and they are His people and they need His mercy. So here we are at the beginning of Advent, right? And the name of the season, Advent, the word Advent means the appearing of a significant person or event, right? In Advent, we look forward to two linked events, two times. In which God has and will come into our world powerfully. The first one we look to, the first event we look to is what? Christmas. Christmas is coming. Geese are fattening. All that stuff is happening, right? God reminds us in Advent that Jesus Christ has come. God has invaded our world. And that, that incarnation, when Jesus took on human flesh, when God came to dwell with us here on earth, He tore open the heavens quietly and entered this world and was born of the Virgin Mary. There's a second event in Advent that we look forward to. What is that? The second coming is return, right? When Jesus Christ will tear open the heavens again, when God will intervene in this world and set things right. Now, the second coming of Christ is often spoken of by Jesus and others in the same language that Isaiah used in the beginning of this passage. Christ coming back in power and might. That's why we put this countdown sequence in the church. These Advent calendars, or these Advent candles, are like a countdown. Preparing, and what happens at the end of a countdown? Well, in like a James Bond movie, right? Boom, right? There's something you've got to be prepared for at the end of these, when these candles are all lit. Jesus Christ is coming back and these candles. This season reminds us, we need to be prepared. We can't fritter away our time, wasting it, just going through life. No, Advent is a time that reminds us we need to live intentionally and be prepared because Jesus Christ is coming back. So in this season, we look towards the gentle Advent of Jesus at Christmas and his powerful return in the second coming. Like Isaiah and his compatriots, are we ready? Are we ready to face God and his judgment. Are we prepared? I don't know about you, but as I live in this world and surrounded by the challenges it presents to me, I ask God that he would come back, that Jesus Christ would return soon. Cause this world's a mess. Violence, racism, destruction of the creation, sexual abuse, abandonment, threat of nuclear war. It all feels a little bit like a tidal wave just cresting over our heads, doesn't it? Come back, Lord Jesus Christ, and set this world right. Yet in the midst of that prayer, I remember the warning of Isaiah that I need to prepare myself because I need the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ, that mercy which was purchased for me and for you and for this entire world on the cross when he offered his life for ours. Now, if we need that message, if we need that grace, what about the rest of the world? Do they need to hear that message? Yes, they do. They do need to hear the message. Not only for the days to come, but for right now. So that they have something to hold on to in this world where so much is uncertain, where so much is scary, where so much is confusing. They need that message just like us. So let me ask you, who will tell them? Who will tell them? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for being a God of mercy and grace, but a God of judgment and righteousness as well. Thank you, Lord God, that you will not allow this mess to continue on forever, but you will set it right. Lord God, we turn to you. We ask for your mercy and grace. Lord, forgive us for keeping this message to ourselves. Forgive us, Lord God, for the ways we sin against others. Forgive us, the church, Lord God, for the way we we lord our position over others, for our pride, for our judgment. Lord God, we turn to you, and we ask that you would break our hearts, that you would reveal to us our sin, that you would reveal to us our hardness of heart against you and our lack of desire to pursue you, Lord, and that you would forgive us. Forgive us through the blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and wash us clean and send us out into this world as gentle and faithful sharers of your good news and bearers of a message of hope. Lord God, give us opportunity and give us uh, the words, Lord God, to share your mercy with others that they might be set free from the bondage of this world. And we pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.